Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. As the uh, perfect segue with the testimonies, the power of the testimonies. Are you glad that God is moving powerfully in our day and age? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Uh, can I have uh, uh, Richie, Richie and Gabe come up and Brittany come up? And uh, we got some good news going on. And we got how many people know that God's not just moving here. He's moving amongst the kids. And they're seeing miracles. Things are breaking out. They had angel feathers showing up last week. Kids are praying for people in the supermarkets and seeing people get healed and saved. And come on, these are a couple of, couple of revivalists right here. And uh, Richie and his son Gabriel, and Gabe's a revivalist too. And uh, you guys had a good time with, in, in Children's Church two weeks ago, I think it was. So I don't know who's going to start, but why don't you tell us what, what, what happened? Yeah, you want to share, buddy, what happened? So I was reading the presence of God in kids' ministry, and so then in the van, um, I just started singing to the Lord and for 42 minutes to the way back home, and when I and then when I came back, when I arrived, I um, I. I just told my dad and mom that I never felt the more presence of God in my whole life. And I felt the presence of God today as worship was going on today. And I just pray that everybody who is sick, blind, and who can't walk will be have sight and can walk and will not be sick anymore. And, and I bless and I bless you all. Did I hear dead God in there? God is amazing. <laughs> Come on. I know he said blind, can't walk. I think he said if you're dead, too. He's just praying for every miracle under the sun. <clears throat> it was 45 minutes, son, not 14. <laughs> we were driving back, and he was worshiping the whole way. Come on. And um, the next morning, his sister got inspired by his worship, and she started worshiping. All the way. We're staying in an Airbnb in, in, in um, New Braunfels. And all the way back in, they're worshiping. And then his little sister, who's two, she starts worshiping. And our whole van is just full of this new song, worshiping in the van. And uh, just ignited in the children's ministry here. So, <clears throat> Gabe, Gabe is an evangelist like his, like his dad. Just loves seeing people come to Jesus. So... Richie has raised him up in the way 
should go. And now he jumps in front of Richie. And, like, Richie will get that, like, oh, I'm going to pray for that person. And Gabe will cut him off and jump in front of Richie and be like, has anyone told you today that Jesus loves you, has a plan for your life? I just want you to pray one more time because this is so profound. You're like, I, I haven't felt the presence of God like that before. I just want you to pray that. Everyone who wants an upgrade of just our awareness of God's presence. Just, can you just pray that for us, Gabe? Lord, I pray that everybody in this room will feel the presence of your goodness, Lord. And I just bless you guys. And I pray that you guys will all, all pray, pray Jesus all the time. And, and I just pray that you guys will always preach the gospel wherever you go. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Good stuff. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so good. All right. This is Brittany and Andrew, and Brittany was sharing with me. Come on. You can give it up for them. Brittany was just sharing with me what God's done in, the, in their life in the realm of provision. And, uh, and I just felt this, an anointing on it when she was sharing it with me the other day. So I just wanted to release that on you. Ooh, yeah, I just, um, at the beginning of this year, uh, we were about $16,000 in debt. And um, things were fine, you know, we were making it, it was fine, like everything was getting paid, praise God, you know, which was an improvement on last year. Um, but <laughs> the, the Lord began to speak to me um, about paying our credit card off, which was all of our savings, like it was going to wipe out every, <laughs> every dollar of savings. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm just really not sure. <laughs> so I like pitch it to Andrew. I'm like, so Jesus told me this thing. And Andrew's like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. And I'm like, um, I wasn't expecting that. So <laughs> let's just pray about it. You know, <laughs> hold on, wait, be, be godly, wait for the Holy Spirit. Okay. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so we pray about it and I'm just like feeling it stronger and stronger. And the Lord just says to me, if you pay this credit card off, I will replenish every dollar and then some. And so I very warily, very like fearfully, like Jesus, <laughs> pressed the button with shaking fingers um, and paid off our credit card. Within a week, our RV that we had not um, been able to sell for almost a year uh, sold and we made all of the money back from the credit card and literally Every single other debt fell like dominoes in our lives. The provision of God was miraculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sold for over what you were asking for. Yeah, it sold for over what we had, like, not what we originally had wanted, but, like, I was unexpected. Like, we had cash in hand. It was amazing. Like, it was a miracle. And this guy was super blessed by the RV, and, like, we were able to share the gospel with him, and it was really, it was an amazing situation. Not only that, we went on vacation with Chad's team over here. Yes, Chad and Leilani. Um, we went to Hawaii for the first time ever in our lives. It was a dream for 15 years. We've been asking the Lord for provision for that. 
We went to Hawaii and we had a budget for vacation. We came home and we had not spent the whole budget. I don't know about you, but that never happens to me. So like we had money left over in the bank. Our um, IRS debt was wiped out this year. My car was paid off completely. So it was just, it was a miracle. Not only that, I came home after a vacation and found out that I had emails in my inbox that booked me out in my agency for the rest of the year. Every dollar I need to make for the rest of the year is in my bank account. It's ready to go. And then... (laughs) And then my husband, like we have a budget of like what we need him to make every month. And he came home and made two sales right in a row and made every dollar he needed to make through the end of the year. So God, (laughs) it it feels so like, what? (laughs) To be even giving this testimony, I'm still in shock. So, so good, so good. I feel the wind of change. (laughs) How many people need that wind to blow over your life and that breakthrough to be released to you? Just stand your feet right now. Uh, Brittany's going to pray and just release that wind of change over you. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus, we just declare right now that this is a house of favor. This is a house of people that are provided for. This is a house of entrepreneurs and release in the spirit right now. I release heavenly finance. I release heavenly breakthrough. I release debt cancellation in the name of Jesus. I release checks in the mail and unexpected blessings. I release property and I release land and I release favor in the city of Austin for breakthrough in the area of finances, God. Thank you that this is going to be a house that's known for provision, that's going to stand, and people are going to look at our house, and they're going to say, I want to be part of that, because God is moving in the city of Austin through Bethel Austin. Come on. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Bless you. So good. Thank you, Jesus. How many people know powerful things happen? When you learn how to dream, when you learn how to hear and you learn how to dream, when you learn how to dream in God, the provision of God. I so love that. The second couple in two days that came up and had very similar testimonies, and and both of them uh, in part gave gave, uh, tribute to the understand, the anointing and the presence of God and coming into a place of, of dreaming bigger in God and elevated faith in God that has broken something open over their lives. When we learn how to dream in God, powerful things are released. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. If you got your Bible, open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 3. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to be in Hebrews 3. I'm just going to jump in. Time is short, but God is good. Come on. Thank you, Father. I love worshiping Jesus. We're never going to stop worshiping Jesus. We're just going to keep on worshiping until we're tired. Then we're going to worship some more. You're going to worship until until your Fitbit goes off said you reach your workout goal for the day 
That's actually happened here in this house. <laughs> Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, put a, put a piece of paper there. We're going to come back to there. Uh, I'm just quickly going to read out of uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. It's actually the verse we preached on uh, the other week. And, uh, and then we're going to come back to Hebrews 3. We're talking about dreaming in God. How many people know that God has big dreams for you? Can I say that again? God has big dreams for you. That God believes for us more than we believe for ourselves. But our job is to line up with his heart, with his ideas, with his ways, with his intentions. Our job is to come into agreement with what he says about us, not try to convince him about what we think of ourselves. But the other way around, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Thank you, Jesus. He's dreaming big dreams over us. Can someone say amen, amen. to the dreams of God? You know, that, that God is a good father. And, uh, you know, if you've had children, you know, when you, when you hold your, your child in your hands, you start to have dreams for them that are bigger than the dreams that they have for themselves. You know, when, when, a, when a newborn is, is, is born, they have some very basic needs. They want to be kept warm, and they want to be kept fed, and they want to be kept clean. But how many people know that you instantly start dreaming more than that? How many people know that that's included in the dream? Like, I want you to be warm and fed and clean. But I also start thinking about how you're going to be president one day. <laughs> you start dreaming these big dreams, powerful dreams that are way beyond their capacity. <laughs> way beyond their understanding. <laughs> you're like, wow, I'm dreaming about how you're going to change nations. I'm dreaming about how you're going to be a missionary that carries the glory of God and thousands and hundreds of thousands are going to come to Jesus through you. And they're like, <laughs> but guess what? We have a good father who's dreaming big dreams for his children. You know, here's something that's powerful about the nature of God. How many people know that, that God's version of kingdom is family? And that, God, that God's version, we know God's version is family because he calls himself father. But this unique dynamic about God is that God hides the seed of other people's dreams in your dream. That didn't sink in. God hides the seed of other people's dreams in your dream. Do you know that a, an orange, an orange is fruit, and we love fruit in the kingdom. And an orange is delicious and is juicy, but do you also know that an orange has seeds? So an orange in its fullness is not just an orange, but an orange is carrying more orange trees that produce hundreds of oranges with thousands of seeds that produce more trees. 
Did you know that your dream has seeds for other people's dreams in it? Did you know that when you don't let God dream in you, when you don't step into the dreams that God has for you, you're not only cutting off your own dreams. You're actually also cutting off the dreams in other people that God wants to stir through you. How many people know that other people's breakthrough in God is meant to be an invitation for you? That God puts seeds through you in other people. How many people, you could say, in your life you've been stirred, you've been encouraged, you've been helped along by someone else who is mighty in God? How many, how many times, and we all, we all can bear witness with this, someone, someone who stepped out in, in their God dream, someone who is, who is loving well or preaching the gospel or prophesying or whatever it is, but they're, they're living their God dream and something got off of their life onto you. <laughs> I remember... I remember I got, I got born again at a David Hogan meeting. It's just a good idea. Eddie, Eddie and Megan invited me. Glenn and Sandy were in the room. And uh, David, you know, he's, Eddie, Eddie tricked me and my brother. He's not here tonight, but, you know, we were friends. We were friends, you know. Uh, and he worked for my dad, and we were friends before Jesus. And he got, he got saved first, and, and he... Uh, so, and he moved to another city. We hadn't seen each other in a little while. We talked on the phone every so often. But he's like, man, it's been so long. You should come visit me this weekend. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Of course, he didn't tell me this guy David Hogan was preaching in this church he's been telling me about. So it was a complete setup. <laughs> and if you don't know who David Hogan is, go home and look him up, <clears throat> podcast him, just listen to some testimonies. The craziest, the craziest testimony. I literally, I, I literally, like Heidi Baker and David Hogan, like the two craziest people that I know of alive on the planet. <laughs> like he's a missionary down in the jungles of Mexico, been down there 30 years or so, and just seen, I mean, back when I got, got saved 20 years ago, he had, his ministry had seen 300 people raised from the dead. <laughs> 300 people raised from the dead. And listen, this guy is crazy in God, like a good way. He's like, he's just built like a drill sergeant for Jesus. Like the way he talks, the way he walks, he's just gruff, everything about him. Like he's no nonsense, but he loves Jesus. And I mean, he's telling the craziest stories, right? I'm not born again, <laughs> right? And I'm sitting in church like, what? What is happening right now? And he's talking about seeing limbs grow back. He's talking about people being raised from the dead. He's talking about driving his truck under uh, raging rivers. He's talking about crazy things. And my thought is, why didn't anybody ever tell me Christianity could be like that? And he kept, he kept saying this, he, he kept saying this phrase, he kept saying, he's marching, he's got his belt buckle and his boots and his beard, and he's, he kept saying, I don't know how many of you are going to get this. 
and then you tell another crazy story. And listen, I'm not yet saved, right? I'm about 20 minutes away from getting born again. But I remember thinking that he kept saying that. I don't know how many of you are going to get this. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, I don't know either, but I want to be one of them. And, and you know, he got done with his message, and he didn't give an altar call, but my, me and my brother ran down to the front anyway. Why? Why? Because God was using something in him that was getting into us. That you, you know those, those, those flowers, the daisy flowers that you blow on, and they spread, the seeds spread everywhere? Dandelions, thank you, that's what I meant. And uh, the dandelion, listen, something in him was getting in us. But he was getting in us because he allowed God to do something in him. That he stepped into his God-given dream, his destiny, and God said, yeah, I'm going to breathe on that. I'm going to impact you, and you, and you, and you. And we ran down to the front. And, uh, and he, he didn't do an altar call. He just, like, paused for a second. And me and my brother look at We jump over, elbowing our way out to the aisle. We run down to the front, and literally, we, like, come down there, and he's like, what do you want? we're like oh Jesus prays for us leads us in the prayer give our hearts to Jesus then he does an altar call invites 100 more people come down and get born again and fast forward 20 years and and how many seeds have been released through my brother and I my brother lived on the mission field for 13 years and, uh, and all these people impacted and lives changed and salvation and, and crusades preached and miracles happening you know what I'm most looking for into heaven meeting Jesus <laughs> next to that is to see the ripple effect of every word spoken, of every faithful action, of every declaration, of every prayer, of every, of every person that you minister to who gets totally transformed, and you don't even see them. You pray for them one night at church or one day in the parking lot at Walmart, and you have no idea what happens next, but their life is transformed. They go on to lead a thousand people to Jesus, and those thousand people lead 10,000 more. And you have no idea. I believe there's going to be a whole period. Like there's going to be a whole, the, the, the wedding supper. There's going to be all kinds of like amazing things. But I believe there's going to be a whole period where our draw just stands open. Wow. That one, that one person. I didn't, I've forgotten that, that one person 13 years ago. And that, that seed got into them. And look what happened from there and there. And there, and thank you, Jesus. The, uh, <laughs> Colossians one twenty seven says, it's "Christ in you, the hope of glory." You know, you're carrying an invitation for others. I say all that because God is breathing hopes and dreams 
He's breathing invitation in us. He's drawing us all higher, and he's drawing us all closer. That other people's breakthrough and invitation for your breakthrough. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And he doesn't want to pay off one person's debt. <laughs> he wants to demonstrate his goodness to everyone. And he wants to demonstrate his goodness through you so that other people are, are drawn through a holy jealousy unto him. Wow, your life has transformed. What is different about you? Because I need what you have. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you what's different. Let me tell you what I have. I'm going to give you the keys to, to, to stepping into the dreams of God. Is that okay with you? Yeah. <clears throat> we're in Hebrews chapter 3. <clears throat> Actually, we're going to go straight into chapter 4. <clears throat> we don't have a lot of time. Hebrews 4. Listen, the Hebrews, from the, the, from the beginning of the book to this point, it's really, it's really the author is, is reaffirming the 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 lordship of Jesus as our high priest that he came and that he tore the veil and he stands in the gap for us and that through him we have access to the father and he he compares coming into this revelation of Jesus like like the Israelites coming into the promised land and that there was that there was a, that there was a rest for them in this promised land. But because of disobedience, they missed it for a season. But aren't you glad that God is the God of second chances? And he didn't keep them out. He just taught them a lesson so that they could come in, not to cower, but to occupy. And then they come back, and we, we'll just jump in here. Verse 11, Hebrews 3, and we're going to go down to 16, and 16 is where I want to camp. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone falls according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him whom he, who we must give account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin." Here it is. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. How many people know that we're called to come boldly to the throne of grace? If we have a good father, and he is a good father, amen? If he's a good father that has bigger dreams for us than we have for ourselves. If he's a good father that, that knows how to love us even more than we love ourselves. If he's a good father who says, come to me, then we should come boldly to him. 
We should come and be able to jump into his arms. We should come and be able to hear his voice of affirmation speaking destiny over us. Not some of the time, all of the time. We should, come, we should feel comfortable coming boldly to our Father, to his throne, sitting on his lap. I want to break some of this down a little bit. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Someone say grace. grace. We're called to come to the throne of grace. How many people know that mercy and grace are both attributes of his throne? In the, Old, in the Old Testament, the, the tent of meeting, the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant where the glory of God dwelt was called the mercy seat. That mercy and grace are, are both attributes of his throne, but here the writer is highlighting grace. They were called to come to grace. And you know that grace and mercy have unique characteristics. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Aren't you thankful that he came and he stood in the gap and he paid the price for us so that we didn't get what we deserve? Mercy is being pulled out of darkness. Thank you, Jesus. That's mercy. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. That mercy is being pulled out of darkness. But aren't you glad that he didn't leave us on the banks of darkness, dirty and in rags and broken chains? He pulled us out of darkness and he puts us into his marvelous light. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Grace is being pushed, propelled into his marvelous light, into his glory. That, that the author is saying, come to his throne of grace. Another definition of grace is, is God's supernatural ability at work on our behalf. Oh, you know, let that sink in. God's supernatural ability at work on our behalf. What does that mean? That means getting what we don't deserve. That means God doing what we can't do in our own strength. That means miracles happening even though I'm just human. That means heaven moving through me even though I don't deserve it. That means the kingdom invading earth wherever we go because his grace is at work. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love it when God does miracles because it displays his goodness, it displays his mercy, and it displays his grace. You know, I love it when, when metal disappears from people's bodies. I, I, I love it in particular because it, it, it just tweaks my brain. And they all, they all do, right? Like, how does blind eyes open? I don't know. How do deaf ears open? I don't know. Like, but, all, but metal, the, the doctors put in there, and Jesus takes out. 
Or even better, like when the doctors put it in there and then Jesus not just takes it out, but he puts the natural bone back. Or or here's even the most confounding one. When Jesus leaves the metal in there, but he makes it function like natural bone. Like the like the lady in Reading who the broken neck they had metal metal infused rods in the neck and she gets prayer all the mobility is re- returned all the pain's gone she goes back to the doctor they do X-rays and the metal is still there which we got we got lots of testimonies we have X-rays of people where the metal is gone that's awesome but in this case the metal's still there and the doctor's like wait you said you can do what. Do that for me again. She's like, oh, you mean this? The doctor's like, you can't do that. You have metal rods. You're not supposed to be able to do that. She's like, well, I'm doing it. (laughs) Now, the crazy thing is, I don't know know how metal disappears from someone's body, but I give myself permission to see it happen anyway. What is that? Grace. Grace. Someone say grace. Let us therefore come boldly. Someone say boldly. Not, not timidly, not hesitantly, not questioningly, but boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. I want to hit that for a moment. In a time of need, to help. Someone say help. That God, again, that God puts in your dream, God puts seeds for someone else's dream. And did you know that part of the key for walking in the kingdom is that God wants to empower you so he can empower other people through you. You know, that Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. And one of the reasons that one of the the... the hesitations for us stepping into breakthrough is we really don't know what we're going to do with it when we get it. One of the hesitations for stepping into breakthrough is we don't actually believe or know why God wants to give it to us. But if you start to realize that God wants to give it to you so that he can give it through you, Listen, if you have a plan for the millions of dollars that you're asking God to give you. Oh, that didn't land over here. I'll go back over here. Listen, if you have a plan for the million dollars that God wants to give you to release kingdom identity and to release kingdom entrepreneurs and to raise up people uh, in nations and to see self-sustain, also the kingdom can expand and so Jesus can have glory. And your prayer is not for a million dollars. Your prayer is like, God, give me millions of dollars so that I can release the kingdom through heavenly resources, see other people raised up and prosper so that they can carry the gospel and they can release seeds of your goodness and your fruitfulness. Guess what? God's going to answer that prayer. Thank you, Jesus. I love what Bill Johnson says. That he's in you as a river, not a lake. That when you tap into the river, 
And I don't just mean like, oh, I went to church and I drank in the presence. <laughs> no, that you're actually a river, that you, that you have an entry and an exit. <laughs> that when you actually are dreaming about the entry, <laughs> and you're dreaming about the exit, <laughs> it opens up the doorway for the entry. When you're like, God, I want to see miracles. Not so that you can put a notch on your belt. Not so you can say, look at me. But so that you can destroy the works of the enemy wherever you go. So the light of his glory shines. So that people come into a loving relationship with Jesus. Guess what you're going to end up with? I thought it was a good word. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Jesus will give you breakthrough if you're willing to use it to serve and grow other people. But listen, this is, this is key. Grow other people. Not just serve. Not just serve. Not a hand, not just a, a hand up. Not Sorry, not just a hand out, but a hand up. Listen, <clears throat> you can ask for a million dollars so that you can give people money in a way that it keeps them dependent on you. How many people know that's not the river that God releases? But you can, re you can ask for the million dollars and you can release resource in a way that gives people the ability to see him as the provider and teaches them to go to him as the provider so that they end up learning that they have an identity, a destiny, and a call and dreams of God. And they start asking for a million dollars and they end up with a million dollars. They turn around, they teach other people how to be kingdom providers. Thank you, Jesus. God has bigger dreams for you than you have for yourself. We, got, we don't have as much time to camp here as I like, but, but I, Eddie was talking about in worship earlier, kicking that door open. And uh, in worship, coming in his presence to boldly come before his throne, I feel like God's going to kick the door open for some people right now. In fact, he's going to empower you to learn how to kick the door open in another level. And the, there's three things that I want to hit quickly that keep us from coming boldly to the throne. And this, this message really is called the three critics. There's three false voices they try to keep us from trusting that we can come boldly to the throne. And those three false voices are the critic of man, the critic of self, and the critic of God. They're all false voices. The critic of man or the fear of man. When we... Let the fear of what people think of us keep us from apprehending what God has for us. Can I say that again? 
fear of the critic of man or the fear of man, when we let the fear of what people think of us keep us from apprehending what God has for us. I'm going to go back to each one of these in the four minutes I have left. But <laughs> the critic of self. In fact, can I just have the keyboard come back up now? The critic of self. The keyboardist. Eddie was asking for levitation earlier before service, so the keyboard just starts moving around by itself. Never mind. Okay. Back. The critic of self. Here we are. When you are your own worst judge and the voice inside paralyzes you from moving forward. When you're your own worst judge and the voice inside paralyzes you from moving forward. And the critic of God, which is a false voice. It's not, it's not the real identity of God. The critic of God. When we have believed the lie that God is angry with us, frustrated, irritable, or offended by us. Can I say that again? When we have believed the lie that God is angry with us, frustrated with us, irritated by us, or offended by us. These are all things that keep us, that, that, that God... That when Jesus died on the cross, he told the, tore the veil from top to bottom. Amen. Can I get more than three amens on that? that? Jesus tore the veil from top to bottom. He paid the price. He did away with, with sin and our separation from the Father. And he won back right relationship, sonship for his sons and daughters. Amen. And then he says, now boldly come to the throne. And we all should be jumping like happy children into his lap. But sometimes one of these three voices raises up. He says, boldly come. You go, ah, ah, ah. I don't, oh, ah, yeah. Because we're listening to one of these voices that isn't from heaven. It isn't from God. Eric Johnson says this, an idol is anything you have to check with before obeying God. But listen, these, these false voices will pop up. Go back to the fear of man. You're in worship and the Spirit of God comes and, and you like start to feel that freedom come in. You want to like dance, with, but you look to your left or your right. Before the wind, before the Spirit just takes you and you're like, yes, God, I'm all yours. You glance to the left. You glance to the right. What is that? The fear of man. When God, when God starts to speak a big a, a risk dream, because I mean, people know the big dreams come with big risk. But he's got you by the hand. That when God starts speaking dreams to you, risks to you, if your first thought is, how is this going to look on social media? Is this going to trend? 
There's some nervous laughs out there. <laughs> There's a voice that's a false voice. It's the fear of man. It's the critic of man. The critic of self. When God, when God begins to lean in and speak the big dream to you, but the first voice, instead of the, the yes rising up in your heart, yes, I'm going to Africa. Yes, I'm paying off the whole credit card, $16,000. He spoke, and my response is yes. <laughs> if that's not the first reaction, but the first reaction is, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, I don't know. Am I really worthy of that? Oh, you couldn't be talking to me. Oh, I don't, I don't have enough experience for that. Oh, I don't know if I'm strong enough for that. How many people know that that's the critic of self? And it's a false voice. Those voices are, are the voice that's the false prophet. It's the voice of the false prophet. And it's residue from an old nature, from a dead man, from the unredeemed nature. And how many people know false prophets in the unredeemed covenant need to be killed? Whoa, can we kill some false prophet voices tonight? And the critic of God... Perversion is a wrong version of something. And the spirit of religion, the spirit of religion releases, look, perversion, it's a version of truth that's been twisted. And religion takes truth. Like God hates sin, but it twists it to make you feel like he's mad at you. God hates sin, not the person struggling with it. <laughs> that, God, that God's anger burns, his vengeance burns against sin, but how many people know he dealt with it through Jesus? <laughs> so that he could open the curtain. So that he could say, come children, boldly come. <laughs> how many people know that he's a loving father? Not an irritable taskmaster. <laughs> How many people know that he loves you before you get it right? <laughs> How many people know that he's into your process and your journey? That, that infant that you hold and you have great dreams for. How many people know you have big love for that newborn infant who hasn't done anything right yet? <laughs> They haven't got into the right college, right? They haven't, they haven't got a good job. They haven't won anyone to Jesus. They haven't memorized any verses. They haven't done anything right. But all your heart can do is break in love. And he's a better father than we are. But 
religion, the perversion of religion is it makes us nervous to come boldly. The religion replaces reverence with cowering. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to end here inside. But Peter, how many people know that Peter walked on water because he kept his eyes on Jesus? He had the, he had the ability to lock eyes with Jesus. And when he locked eyes with Jesus, he believed the promise. And he stepped into the invitation. Because how many people know Peter said, Jesus, you call me. He asked him, and Jesus called him. He said, come. And he believed the promise as long as his eyes were locked. And he stepped out of the boat. He walked with Jesus. As soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus, he stopped believing the promise and he started to sink. Is anyone with me? Thank you, Jesus. The fear, the fear of man. Are you looking at them when you should be looking at him? I don't know if that one landed. When, when God's spirit's moving, when his voice is speaking, when we should be locked on, tractor beam with him, coming boldly into him, falling into his yes, but are we looking at them when we should be looking at him? <clears throat> the critic of self, are you looking at you when you should be looking at him? Can I say that again? Are you looking at you when you should be looking at him? I don't know why, but I feel like I need to say that one more time. Are you looking at you when you should be looking at him? And the, and the critic, the false voice, the critic of God, which is a false identity, are you afraid to look at him when you should be looking at him? Last time we we're going to pray. Are you looking at them when you should be looking at him? Are you looking at you when you should be looking at him? Or are you afraid to look at him when you should be looking at him? Jesus has got big promises. Jesus is in the business of paying off debts. And I don't just mean finances. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. God wants to He wants to cut the head off of some false prophets right now. Some false voices. If one of those three areas resonates. If you picture yourself right now and, and if you can't run boldly to the throne, it's probably one of these three reasons. 
the critic of man. If any of these, just close your eyes. And if any of these resonate with you, I just want you to stay on your feet. Because God's going to set some people free. The critic of man. When he speaks, you have a tendency to, to glance to your left or your right first. Before before just the ability to be moved with what he's saying. Sometimes it's in the kingdom, it's better to think first, sorry, it's better to act first and think second. The, the critic of self, when he speaks instead of locking eyes with him and his promise, do you start to look at yourself and your ability and your strength? I didn't go into it. But he invites us to come to the throne. That he, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. But literally, the literal translation is lack of strength, which obviously is weakness, but it's Lack of strength when we don't have the ability to fulfill the dream. That's where grace comes in. So if he's calling you to do what you can't do in your own self, why are you looking at yourself? And the critic of God, which is a false voice, and I can feel that God wants to chop the head of that thing off tonight. There's people who you're hesitant to come to God because you think he's irritable. You think he's always on the verge of just being upset with you, of being angry. If you have to convince him that you're good, that's a lie that he wants to cut off tonight. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Can I have the team, the rest of the team just start to make their way up here? We're going to close, but God's going to minister to some hearts tonight. Can we bring the lights down just a tad? There's a spirit of freedom in the room. He's going to, he's going to cut off <laughs> some false voices tonight. If you want to come boldly to the throne, I just want you to begin to make your way up here. There's a spirit of freedom in the house. There's a spirit of freedom in the house. There's a spirit of freedom in the house. That God, that God is going to begin to cut off the lie. He's going to cut off the voice. He's going to break the chains. He's going to shift things tonight. He's going to release freedom and deliverance in the house. He's going to He's going to cut off the lie that's kept you from just simply coming in freedom, coming in boldness. Just come. If you have children, you can go get them. In a moment, you can bring them back in with you. The ministry team, I want you just to give people a moment just to, just to be with God. And then I just want you to follow the presence of God, the Holy Spirit around. I'm going to pray.
I actually believe that a deliverance is happening. Not just a prayer. A deliverance is happening. Father, I thank you for authority. Come on, can we just all agree together? Closing with this, Father, we thank you for authority over every false voice right now. And in the name of Jesus, we take authority over the false voice in Jesus' name. And we cancel it, Father, in Jesus' name. And we say, loose, 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 loose. Leave the children that you love so much. Thank you, Father, setting them free. Father, in Jesus' name, by grace, we extend the throne of grace over you tonight in Jesus' name. And we release over you the ability to run, the ability to come boldly to his throne right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We bless you as you come. I see the veil. I see light. I see the veil cracking open right now and light starting to beam out. Now's your moment. Let the leave the voice behind right now. Oh. Yeah, let the angels that are active in the room just cut the voice off right now. Leave it behind and just come running to the light right now in Jesus name. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. We bless you all in Jesus' name. Team, whenever you're ready, you can just begin to minister over them in song. <laughs> come to the throne, and I want you to begin to let Jesus just speak the dreams over you that you haven't been able to hear because of the false voice. But the voice gone. He's going to, I can feel it. <laughs> He's imparting another level of dreams tonight in Jesus' name. And ministry team, just give people a moment to connect with God, but then I want you just to float around and just partner with Holy Spirit and just cut off the lion voice where you see it and release the dreams. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.